Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. It's your host, Imani. Long time no speak. I feel like I haven't recorded in so long and I actually was kind of nervous to like press play and like start recording for some reason. Even though usually the things, they just come up anyway, right? But let's get past that. This week, my love language is caffeine and lots of it. I it's I said to somebody at the beginning of December, December is going to move really, really fast and you have to take in each day and be grounded in each day or it's gonna just pass you by and it's getting to the point where it's starting to feel like it's passing me by um and so I need to get grounded in the day and it's and it's hard to and I feel like there's so much to do before the end of the year and try to make time for that but like feeling the need to sacrifice different aspects of like life needs whatever it may be to kind of jump around in all those particular areas it's definitely deeply related to this full moon it's a very energized full moon it's a very stimulating full moon I love when the moon is in Gemini it's always when I work best however something about this one just feels a very very intense this is the last full moon of not just the year of 2019, but of this decade. And when I tell you, looking at this chart and the like intuitive messages that I've like received about this, it's just, whoa. Especially if you were someone who listened to the full moon episode last month on 11-11, that was phenomenal. It was whoa, 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 whoa. Like in so many ways. And this one is no less like that. Um, I think it will feel, it will obviously feel very different energetically, but it all is feeding in the same story arc that we've been talking about for almost two years now, right? This is a, a continued story. Um, yeah, in Capricorn season, the podcast will be a year and a half old. And all of these episodes have been deeply connected to one another. I would say if you're someone who hasn't listened, um, for a lot of episodes, going back and at least listening to the full moon episodes, they'll get you right on track. Um, One thing that's followed me a lot the last um, week or so has been the magician. And it's not been a card that I've pulled for myself, but I've seen it pop up in so many different places. I've heard about the magician archetypes in so many ways. I've read about it, um, and it's just shown up in my environment in ways that I'm just like, yeah, that's that's what this is about. It's It's about taking control and it's and it's about remembering um 
the power that we possess despite what we've been told and despite what we've gone through. I think everyone's kind of at a stage where they feel a bit sensitive, a bit emotionally <laughs> battered and bruised um, given the, the circumstances of, of life, of whatever. Um, understandable. I feel the exact same way. Um, and this full moon is definitely a testament to that, but also a testament to uh, for us to remember that although that's how we feel, um, everything that's happening is totally just about getting in greater alignment with self and preparing for what's about to be a whirlwind um, uh, in 2020, where all things are possible and the only thing that is in the way of what is and is not possible at this point is you. And that's not to say that everything will be perfect, but it is knowing that we have an incredible amount of resilience and we are able to face anything. If we look back in our personal narrative, we can see that it has been full of a lot of missteps, but also full of a lot of victories. And at the end of the day, all of them, we are here and we are alive right now. There is someone in our ancestry who values this moment, right? who appreciates and sees how far we've made it, but also can see how much farther we can go, not just for ourselves, but for them um, and all of those who come after us as well. That's a big responsibility, isn't it? So to talk a bit about the magician, the magician is the numbered card number one. Um, in the major arcana, but it is the second of the cards of the major arcana. One thing, let me pull out this card. <laughs> if I can remember where I put, there he is. So, we see to break down the symbolism of the card and what we'll talk about in terms of the the symbolism that I see in the sky um, and how it's deeply related. So the background of the card, if you have a tarot deck, pull it out, I'd say. Um, you don't have to. I don't I don't care what you do, <laughs> honestly. Maybe if your mind's eye is powerful enough, you can just see what I'm talking about or you can just Google it. The the card, most of it is yellow. Um, I don't know if anyone else has, um, but I have had a, a lot of uh, solar plexus chakra issues the last couple of weeks. I had Reiki done and I was told I need to work on my solar plexus chakra. <laughs> and the solar plexus is all about will. It is your core. It is your power. It is your ability to act. It is that gut 
reaction. It is also the place of anxiety, but it is also a place of instinct and intuition. Um, it sits right below the heart chakra and, and in a lot of ways to me um, seems to be a space that allows us to move into the heart um, and move into ultimately greater alignment with um, our highest good. But the thing about will is that although it's there, you have to take advantage of it. It's not something that just happens. It's something that you have to dare to do. There's a certain amount of risk that you have to take to take advantage of your internal power source, right? It's not out of your control. In many ways, it's been tempered, right? Um, although the card is very uh, phallic and masculine in nature, you see the man standing erect. He has a wand in his hand. Um, and and it is a relatively masculine-looking man that's sitting um, on the card, right? It is representative of a very balanced individual. I say that because in front of him sits a table. On the table sits the pentacle of earth, uh, the chalice for water, the sword for air, as well as the wand um, for fire. And so it speaks to the synthesis, being able to synthesize all of the aspects of self, the synthesis of resources um, to put forth your will. Around the card are a number of different flowers um, representative of fertility and also another way that the feminine um, shows up in this card and adds an element of of balance. It is creative force. There are roses on the card. As we've mentioned before, it is the highest vibrational flower. So this is an individual that is aligned with the heart space. And his arms point up and down um, to symbolize as above, so below, as within, so without. And so the card is the embodiment of the power that one has to create, to shape, to mold, um, to alchemize um, one's reality. The thing about the magician and where it lies in the deck is that it comes after the fool. The fool has jumped off of the threshold and became the magician because the risk into and the leap into the unknown has been taken. There is a knowing. A knowing that allows one to feel the power of 
their ability to transcend um, what they experience, to transmute what they experience. Um, it is a knowing, a, a wielding of your power. And there, of course, is the infinity symbol above the magician's head um, to represent, well, just that, the limitless number of possibilities. And so the really great thing about this moon is that the moon sits at the top of the chart in the 10th house. In stories related to magic, um, what comes to my mind is Harry Potter. There are a number of examples of good magicians and bad magicians and mediocre magicians, amazing magicians, right? Um, and it is always just a matter of not that you wield the power, but what you're willing to do with the power that you wield. And, and ultimately, that is all up to you. One thing that I will say about... Mm. What I'll say about it, the um, the one of the main thing that's kind of um, stuck out to me. I guess we'll start talking about the chart now. Um, so the ascendant is at twenty three degrees. Um, Virgo. Last week, when there was an ingress from uh, of Jupiter into Capricorn. In the sky, we also had, I believe it was Pisces on the, um, on the Ascendant. So it switched. And all of them were at 29 degrees. It was wild. I was like, whoa, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it, it, it is a, um, all of the sad, uh, Sagittarius energy has moved to the, the bottom of the chart, whereas last week it was at the top of the chart. Um, and I think it's to say that the way that we lead and move into 2020 is as much about what you're willing to do as it is about what it is that you're willing to feel. Because what you're going to feel is what's really going to move and guide you, right? Because there will be a lot of things happening around us, which we'll talk about when we talk about the beginning of next year, or when we talk about next year in the, the 2020 um, episode. There will be so much outside of you that will be tell you to trust what you see or what you hear, Um when again you will really have to trust what you feel because the world is going to continue to become a lot more chaotic um in the coming months i think everybody knows that we are in the middle of an impeachment hearing and we are also um in the middle of an election and trade deals that are or trade wars whatever you want to say about that, um, and the possibility of 
financial hardship um, globally. So, you know, there's a lot that's going to be happen and you're going to be asked time and time again to stay in your heart space, to stay in your will space, you know, and this full moon in a way just feels like it's just purging, 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 and really just kind of tempering and reminding you of how powerful you are. Because in 2020, we don't have time to doubt. We know what we feel. We know what we know. We can't allow what's outside of us to shake us from that because it will be very very easy to get pulled into what's happening around you again remembering the idea of in the world not of the world with the beautiful grand cross um, one thing that I wrote is one thing or some things that might kind of surface for you is thinking about what is the least dangerous option how do I avoid confrontation and discomfort Um, There are a lot of things coming up in your environment. I've seen this in my own work life where I'm like, I don't agree with this at all. How do I? And it's like, no, you're not thinking of a way to conform. You're not thinking of a way to avoid so that you don't feel uncomfortable. You know better than that you know better than that, right, is is kind of what it's saying. And so it, it's going to be really easy to fall into a lot of old patterns. And it don't think that you're going backwards. You are not. Things are coming up because it's time to choose differently. Again, it's about your willpower. One other thing that I'll say about this full moon is that's very, very gossipy. Moon in Gemini is one of my favorite <laughs> because it it's very as i've said before very stimulating so it can be i'd say be easy on the caffeine intake be easy on just like eating just to eat drinking just to drink fucking just to fuck talking just to talk you know all of the the things doing everything with a without a sense of meaning it will be very easy and I did that myself drinking so much fucking caffeine today but it is okay I realize it now even though I whoo I do not know how I'm about to go to sleep it's really easy to just be like oh I'm gonna do this 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 and you have to realize what's happening because so much is happening in the, the sky with the mutable energy is that you're really just avoiding and you're just vacillating and you're just circling. The thing about the mutable energy is that it's not necessarily a pick and go. It's not fixed. It doesn't pick something and stay with it. It's not cardinal. It doesn't pick something and if it doesn't work, it moves on, right? It doesn't decide. It's very easy to get very complacent and jump back and forth and, and not really commit to to anything. And so at the end of the day, you need to continue to check in with yourself over and over again and asking at the very least, are you committing to you and are you committing to this new vision? There's nothing wrong with having fun. There's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with fucking. There's nothing wrong with any of that shit, right? But being able to add a layer of mindfulness so that it's just not this 
overstimulation for the sake of being overstimulated or being overstimulated for the sake of being afraid of how grounded you have to be. Jupiter is not in Sagittarius anymore. It's in Capricorn. We have to make decisions, right? And that can be very scary. All of the the opportunities that have kind of came your way that you've seen in the last year, you're being asked to make them solid. And if they're not made solid, it won't be anyone else's fault but yours, right? And that's kind of hard to deal with, you know, and that's hard to kind of reckon with and it's easy to avoid that. Um, but I definitely invite you and encourage you throughout the week to try not to fall victim to that. One sentence, long sentence that I wrote <clears throat> To connect all of the the mutable energies in this square. Are you willing to shift the way you experience and share service in the world in order to grow and expand into new horizons? Do you know that someone will always be disappointed? Everyone cannot be pleased. Someone will find a way to be a victim and you can't make yourself a victim. You are powerful. Are you willing to synthesize the newfound parts of self to take this adventure and make your life solid? That is how I would summarize what I see in the chart. It can be, like I said, very easy to get caught up in gossip. It can be very easy for things to become out of control. Um, and the things that you say to become chaotic and to be harmful in a long-term way. And we'll kind of talk about that in a second. Um, it can be very easy to be very inconsistent. That's fine. At the beginning of the week, I was on it. I was on it. And I slowly just began to falter um, as the week fell along. But again, it's a, an ability to realize where your missteps are and where you're lacking discipline, but understanding that for this next adventure, discipline is required and looking at discipline as an act of self-love. Now, so the a really one thing that I had posted on my story a while ago, um, someone, let me see if I can find it. Um, <clears throat> Where is it? Where is it? Sorry, I'm trying to find who reposted it through my... Interesting way to reframe or reconnect with the concept of discipline. Discipline is self-love, but our parents and other authority figures have programmed us to conflate discipline with punishment. 
it makes accountability and responsibility feel harmful rather than empowering. <clears throat> so much of next year will be about discipline. And the quicker that you change your relationship to the idea of discipline, the less scary it will be. The more that you're able to hold yourself accountable by being able to say, okay, I see what I'm doing and I see that I need to change um, or slow down. The thing is about the full moon and Gemini cycle is that Sag and Gemini have this relationship with the um, with this idea of Peter Pan syndrome, an eternal youth, right? Um, and what comes with that as Jupiter is in Capricorn is a realization that there is a need to grow up. The next culminating cycle of the moon, which will be the new moon, is going to be an eclipse. And it's going to say, you aren't in Neverland anymore. We need to grow up. And and because of that, I think this new moon, just like any full moon that we experience, or the last couple of lunations that we've, well, major lunations like new moon, full moon, um, that we've experienced is going to be really, really big and really, really intense. Those two, fu- that fucking full moon in Aries kicked everybody's ass. That new moon in Taurus kicked everybody's ass as well. The full moon in Taurus also kicked everybody's ass. And this will be no different. I think the new moon in Sag was, a. there were lots of major things kind of happening there, but I think it was relatively gentle compared to this. Um, I also could just be full of caffeine and just lost all sensory awareness and I'm just numb to like how I actually feel right now but that's another thing right with the idea of overstimulation is that you don't even know what it is that you're feeling so a thing that will be important with this cycle is realizing that short-circuiting for lack of a better way of you know um, analogizing it or whatever um, short-circuiting your feeling center is cutting you off it's taking out your magic. It's taking out your connection, right? Um, and so being able to, to notice for yourself and acknowledge for yourself, hey, there is a heightened sense of, there's a heightened sensitivity that you have, not just because this is a full moon, but because imagining who you are as somebody listening to this podcast, you're a relatively spiritually aware individual right? There is an awareness of the world that you have that most people do not. That being said, there is a sensitivity to higher realms of thought and understanding that you have that will allow you to be successful in this next cycle. And you can't numb that because in a sense that makes you just like everyone else, right? And that's what will make it really easy to fall into what's happening around you. If there's a certain way that your body has been asking you to treat it, do it. If there are certain foods that your body does not want to eat anymore, stop eating them. If your body is asking for more water, for more sleep, for more time outside, whatever it may be, get grounded. Do it. You have to. Because of the sensitivity, 
it can be really easy to want to avoid it, you know, and to kind of leap around it and, and jump around it and swim around it in some instances as well. And you have to really be able to temper it and sit in it and discern what's kind of going on for you. As I said before, the moon is in the 10th house and the sun is in the fourth. So what is culminating is this awareness of the knowledge gathering that you've done, um, the wisdom, the experiences that you've faced, um, the whether it's a trip that you've taken um, or it, a, a trip that you've taken or some, I don't know, or some just journey. And, you know, taking a trip doesn't even have to be um, physical, right? Um, I didn't mean that in like the psychedelic drug kind of way, but just in the sense of like expansion of the mind. If you went back to school, whatever it may be, all of that has kind of or went on some immersion, some retreat or something that has allowed you to get away from your immediate environment um, or way of thinking and be able to bring back a new sense of, of wisdom and belief. Um, all of that is aiding your development and is helping to birth this moment, um, this culminating cycle and this awareness that you're going to be carrying into the year 2020. So it really is a moon of really just looking back and being like, wow, um, this is fucking bananas. And it's like, yeah, this is fucking bananas. Like you've done a lot of really intense, deep work and being able to be at a place where it is paying off and being able to kind of take inventory for yourself of that. But you're being asked, right, to put your heart on your sleeve, moon in on the midheaven, um, and really be able to lead and navigate your world through what it is that you feel. And what you feel about the information, the ideas, the attitudes, beliefs that have kind of came into you, to you um, during um, this time. Now, uh, because all of this has led to a shift in your attitude and your thoughts and your ideas, the skills that you possessed, uh, possess, the resources and things that you have synthesized to become this magician-like figure. One thing that's important to note. So, of course, the dispositor, am I even saying that right, um, of the moon or the the big guy that's in charge is Mercury since the moon is in Gemini. Right now, Mercury is in fall um, in Sagittarius. And so what does that mean? So typically, the um, Mercury works best in the signs Gemini and Virgo. So to be in the opposite signs of them, which would include Pisces and Sagittarius, um, is a bit of a difficult place for the planet to be. Um, because there is a conflict or it, in the way that that sign is meant to express itself in the way that the energy of the planet is meant to ex- express itself. It's kind of like going 
being told that you have to go live with your your great aunt um who owns like 40 cats um during the summer and you're like allergic to cats right like can you exist in that environment yeah is it going to be really uncomfortable probably right but it doesn't mean that there isn't something that can be learned in that space it just probably won't be very very fun um and so with that it's a learning that the power of our we have to lean into the power of our words and thoughts um and our attitudes and there's a realization that the knowledge that we have or the information that it is that we have, the things that we've learned are not textbook. They're from walking, they're from working and experiencing. It is wisdom. We're being asked to lead into what we feel through the wisdom that we have acquired. As I said before, the magician comes after the fool. The magician knows because he has jumped off of the threshold, right? This is lived experience. I really hate getting calls while I'm in the middle of recording, but that's the thing about recording from your phone, right? If you didn't know that that's what was happening, that's been what's been happening. So yeah, it's, it's a, this is lived experience that is served as the tools and the, the resources and the things that you're bringing to the table that have brought you into greater balance. One thing that really blew my mind that I saw yesterday, um, I was watching, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Eric of Divine Conversations on YouTube. He is amazing. If you watch his video, comment and let him know that I sent you there. Um, The morning coffee video he does morning coffee every morning so he does daily readings i think for the 10th he pulled the magician he also pulled the queen of swords the king of cups the king of pentacles and the um queen of wands which was interesting because the two feminine figures um were in the masculine polarity and the two male figures were in the feminine polarity, right? And overall, all four of them were there and it was representative of this balance of all aspects of self. I think it's time to take into consideration and really celebrate the fact that you have in this moment been able to create a balance of masculine and feminine um, within. And if that's not what you prescribe to or believe, that is fine. You can then just say you have just overall achieved a greater sense of balance, right? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, And so, yeah. And so being able to acknowledge that for yourself, that at this moment, what has brought you to this, this time is your ability to become unbalanced right and in a sense be kind of sent through the ringer because there was a need to find a sense of balance within your life and that's one that's been curated by you and you alone mercury is trying chiron so wounds of identity can be spoken and accepted but i also think it goes to a place where you really can speak to 
what hurts other people. What was I saying earlier that I said I would come back to? Yeah, going back to the idea where it's um it's a there's a potential for what you're saying, you know, to to be a bit out of control, right? The thing with the um Mercury and Sag energy is that you it's not even about facts, right? That's the thing. It's about what you believe. And it can be really easy to use what you believe to hurt other people's idea of who they are right? It can be really easy to trigger other people. You also may find that there are things in your environment people are saying that are quite triggering to you as well. And bringing up and resurfacing parts of yourself that you thought that you'd already healed, right? I thought I already overcame this. I thought that I worked through this. And there is, again, this all of these things being brought up because it's like, no, you're not done. There's more to unpack there. No, it's not done. I'm sorry. We need you purge it, get it out of your system, you know, become really secure in self and get to the point where you can accept that this is who you are. And this is the power that you possess, right? And again, the idea of going back to knowing that lived experience, the way that your identity has been in in your idea of self um, and how you express your will and drive what you've been told that you can and cannot do. All of that has served as experiential knowledge for this area of your life now. And you're being asked to lead with that person as that person you know and be comfortable enough to remain or be you know entrenched in that sensitivity that's kind of cultivated to be quite honest through your environment and through you playing by everyone else's rules right and based on everything that you've seen about everybody else and what everybody is saying about how the world should be and how you should be has helped you formulate or gain the wisdom right to know what of that is and is not true. Mercury in the third house, right? Trying Chiron in the seventh, right? What is it about other people and what they've been saying to you? What actually is true? As I said before, someone is always going to be disappointed and someone is always going to be the victim. Someone, that someone can't be you. And you know that it doesn't have to be you right? Moon is super powerful. Mercury is an aversion to Uranus. So there is an under, so when there's an aversion, it means that they're one of the five Ptolemaic aspects, which is what? A trine, a conjunction, a square, an opposition, and a sextile. Um, It is not that. It is something else, right? And so that means that these two planets cannot see each other. I think back in Gemini season, I just referred to it kind of like as a blind spot, right? So these two parts of the chart are in conflict with one another. They cannot see each other. They don't know what's going on, Um, but they are impacting one another. And so again, going back to the idea of your words, there is a chaos that is brewing um, from the upheaval um, of stability. And there is an ability that we each hold to talk about the false narratives that we see 
in our lives, in our environments, right? And there needs to be an understanding that the more that we speak, the more that we speak truth to power, the more that that unravels, right? And so the really important thing about this um, this moon um, in particular is that in the next couple of days, Jupiter is going to be in an exact trine to Uranus. And there's going to be a conversation about upheaval. There's going to be a, con- a conversation about the instability that's created through the beliefs. I think quite honestly, we'll be able to see some of the things I think. So that will be happening on the 15th. Watch for things related to church. Watch for the church in particular. Um, things related to government. I think 15th, give or take a few days, something is going to unravel. And it's not going to be very pretty. And there might have been something that has happened on this day or, you know, in this time period or leading up to or that has culminated at this time that is the embodiment of that. Right. Cool. So in the um, book, <clears throat> Sue Tompkins Aspects in Astrology, which I definitely would recommend to all the astro lovers out there, um, she splits up, not all of them, there's a bit of inconsistency, lol, um, in the way that the sections are formatted, but it's, it's fine, who cares? <laughs> it was just very funny that I noticed it, um, given the context of this podcast. Um, he talks about the relationship between Gemini and Virgo. Reason, Gemini, not Virgo, Sagittarius. Um, reason versus intuition. Scattered pieces of information versus the bigger picture. Knowledge versus wisdom. Amorality versus morality. One thing that's, and going back to the idea of like in like Harry Potter, for example, we have good wizards and bad wizards. Um, good witches and bad witches it's the wisdom the intuition the beliefs the moral code and the personal big picture that is going to shape someone's reasoning the knowledge that they share and the scattered pieces of information and in a way the actions come or the actions uh, come from that space right even in the sense of amorality because it comes less about beliefs because the beliefs are ingrained right and they are the root of what's happening um and more about what is done right it'd be what is being felt into so again it kind of comes from a place of like you know they all went to the same school right um, but well, I'll say, mm, what's an example? 
So, like, the way that Harry was, like, why are we talking about Harry Potter? Oh, my God. Like, so the way that, like, Harry was, like, really pressed to not be a Slytherin, right? Because he thinks that being a Slytherin means that he is evil, right? Or that he is bad because of the examples in his environment that he has seen of people that have come from that place. And he doesn't want to be associated with that. And his lived experience, his wisdom, and his intuition, right, has created a sense of reasoning where it's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to be like that person. So I will avoid this space, right? When, to be quite honest, that didn't even really make much of a difference. Now did it. Right. And so like being able to kind of. So you'll see that. So, you know, it's a lot about. Um, what if, When people talk about. Um, your intention. Right. And, and the intention. Being centered around one thing, but the action and what's done being another. Right. And that kind of goes back to the idea of the, the lack of, of consistency and where one kind of being able to see in your own framework where you're faltering and where you're falling short or the discomfort and the things that you're avoiding. Right. And I think it has a lot to do with this is a really big time where because there's so much kind of being purged that we're being asked like, OK, like since this is what you said you are, this is how you said you would be. This is what you've shown the universe. Show it go you're like go now and they're like yeah go ahead and it's like you want me yes do it go show us go you know and because it's being asked in in so many different ways and it's kind of like this really really quick replay of everything that you've already learned (laughs) um it it it's overwhelming it just is and so there also is an element of, of restlessness right but I think being able to acknowledge is what's important in the moon child tarot it talks about the moon cycles and it says what can I surrender into at this time it's about fully embracing or letting go, right? So are you going to move into this space where you are the architect of your reality? If so, fully embrace that and let go everything else that doesn't align with that. And again, this doesn't mean that life is perfect, but it is a realization that you have a power you know, available, there is willpower that you possess that allows you to have the craftiness to be able to make it through whatever it is that lies in front of you. This is just the beginning of the fool's journey. It's the magician. It's the second major arcana card. How many are there? There are 22. Big stuff big asks what are you gonna do
it's really a in a way it feels a bit judgmenty like the card not like judgment like the, the word even though they're relatively the same thing right it just feels like a wake-up call where it's like it's time to get serious or it's letting you know that things are getting serious and it's like all of this pressure that's being put on you to make you realize how powerful you are so you can either falter and fall from a feeling of of disempowerment um to the point where you would like to take control of other people where you become a victim or you can step into your empowerment and serve as a light not just for yourself but for other people as well venus is approaching pluto um i think by the end of the day um it will likely be conjunct right and that's a very will be feel very 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 intense um emotionally and i think if something happens within the news or something in in our environment it will be really easy to succumb under the the pressure of of what's happening in the world and to feel really hopeless um and to get really kind of caught up and swept in i think there's going to be a number of um not necessarily tricks i will say tricks in the sake of for the sake of um you know in the hermetic laws there are multiple levels of of causation and you really have to view our reality as what it is which is to be quite honest um this vampirical trap right where we are consistently constantly being traumatized re-traumatized you know by the things that are happening in our world and we can't let that um deter us from our path and it may feel like oh my gosh how is this going to happen and it's like you have to trust that it will happen because you know who you are right and you're aware of your power as long as you're not giving away your power you'll be fine some other aspects that are in the sky there is a nice little trine between Mars and Neptune. <sighs> Again, my God. Um, and it's exact. And so the Mars-Neptune thing, uh, there is always an element of illusion. Um, the illusions related to your will and what you can and cannot do. Um, Mars is in Scorpio. So it can be about trying to maintain control of your life um, and obsessing and vacillating about past illusions and in a way just really being kind of, I, I feel like, triggered into old patterns of, of behavior and old defenses. I've had that experience all week. It, it's really scary. Um and it, and it does feel like a going backwards, but by no means is it at all. At this point, Neptune is direct. I believe Chiron will be going direct this weekend as well. Um, I have not published episodes about that. I don't intend on doing so. Um, the 
just for the sake of transparency. <laughs> I'm tired, y'all. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, and then with that, men and their secrets, men and their fucking secrets, um, is a thing there, as well as um, secrets um, or illusions related to sex sexuality. Um, drive it definitely there is a an air of uh, uh, romance that is um, also kind of possible there um, romance that was not seen before or being willing to take the action necessary um, through a space of unconditional love is there um, there's also a being able to move with a sense of sensitivity if that makes sense um, we also have moon square Neptune. Um, that is a separating aspect. Um, it was probably, it's probably exact right now. So there is an oversensitivity again with the idea of overly stimulating yourself for the sake of dissociation from what it is that you're feeling, um, is very, very possible just be able to name it. <clears throat> and if you can get outside, get outside. Um, take a bath. If you can't do that, um, take a bath. Take a nice Epsom salt bath. Um, if somebody can, like, massage you, if you can massage yourself, do something that just gets you very present in your body. And watch out for... And this may not be a weekend to engage a lot um with social media and media in general um because it's likely to just kind of mess with you emotionally um there also may be a sense of anxiousness anxiety um that you may feel um also because the moon is also keen kunks or in in aversion to um saturn so that also can cause a, an air of depression or just kind of fears sitting in the back of your mind or feeling like your fears are kind of dominating um what or feeling like there's some it's like a I don't know how to describe it, it you may kind of feel like and it's kind of like feeling a shadow over your shoulder right and just not being aware um and I think, again, it has a lot to do with the intensity that's kind of brewing in the air, moving up into um, this uh, new moon, but also that's leading up into this, uh, all this shit happening in Capricorn at the beginning of the fucking year. Um, it's okay. Be easy on yourself. All things in moderation just be um be easy be easy on yourself and just be mindful in the things that you do ooh my nose is itchy let's read these chandra symbols and i think i'm about to be outington ooh so let's start by reading mercury and then i'll read for the moon and then for the sun. 
So Sagittarius at five degrees. <clears throat> so Mercury is in Sagittarius at five degrees. An old owl sits alone on the branch of a large tree. Keynote, a poise and wise approach to existence based on a clear perception of unconscious factors and their operation. The owl has always been a symbol of wisdom, and its hooting call has evoked a rise to mysterious and hidden elements in life. The owl functions lucidly in the night aspect of existence. His eyes see what men normally fail to perceive. He represents the consciousness when it is active where the processes of life normally escape the attention of the personal ego and its intellect. It suggests the possibility of developing a wisdom beyond tragedy, a peace and poise beyond conflict. One might speak here of translucidity. As I said before, everything that's happening now is because you have overcame, right? And being able to have the awareness of yourself and be able to kind of peel yourself out of whatever funk is happening right now. Um, of course, feel your way through it, but in the moment, remembering the personal power that you possess is incredibly important. Then we're going to read Gemini 29 degrees, which is the degree of the moon. Oh, this one is interesting. A modern cafeteria displays an abundance of food products of various regions. Keynote, the assimilation of multifarious knowledge through the synthesizing power of the mind. From the one, the many arise in due time. The original source gives birth to the mountain stream, which gathering to itself the downflow of rainwater becomes the large river around which cities are built. These in turn pollute the river on its way to the vast ocean. This modern symbol expresses the fact that man, now at the close of a cultural cycle, is able to gather foodstuffs, mental as well as physical. From many regions of the globe, his diet has acquired a planet-wide foundation. History tells us that the search for salt and spices then for commodities, rare in local regions, provides the impetuous for global trade and thus eventually for a planetary consciousness. The results may be satiated and satiety and indigestion and mental confusion caused by a lack of discrimination. This is the last symbol of the 16th fivefold sequence. As is most often the case, such a fifth stage implies a certain kind of synthesis, or at least a preparation which leads to a new level. The keynote here is indeed assimilation. The negative potentiality of the symbol is waste. This one, it has taken me a second to wrap, wrap my head around. What I'll say is one, it's very um, timely and, and relevant. Um, at this moment in time, I think it speaks to the the 
something that had seemed to come up um, before, which is that of um, appropriation, if that makes sense. And it speaks to the scattered pieces of information versus the big picture, amorality versus morality. The thing about the sun and moon during the full moon is that they're both of equal importance because there's something that both sides can learn from the other, right? And so it's very important that whatever it is that we move into next is grounded in our big picture understanding of what we would like to to build for ourselves, how we plan to create and make our lives, how we wish to manifest um, our lives with all of the resources at our disposal. You know, all of those resources mean nothing if they don't have the bigger picture in mind. To be quite honest, it's wasteful, right? We think about um, how cultural exchange means nothing if there is if it's not grounded in appreciation of the people of that culture in addition to what it is that they produce but you know um and that's why cultural appropriation is such a fucking problem because it's like the big picture is there is a greater paradigm and and belief system that says i can take from you what you have because I like it and I don't have to value you. I don't have to respect the stories. I don't have to respect the traditions, right? And so even for ourselves, thinking about the way that we're moving into this next cycle, um, this next decade, all of the work that we've done, especially with so many of you doing work, you know, related to like unlearning really just big wild shit <laughs> you know and and decolonizing the self and healing not just yourself but your family all of that goes to waste if all of that is done if every tool that you've used is going to be used to wrap you back up in this thing that you don't even really want to be a part of and that doesn't want to see you exist it's wasteful use what you have to formulate the new world don't like do you if you want to go back you can go back but that doesn't make a lot of sense does it right and so it it's also about not wasting your time not wasting your energy um because you don't believe in yourself because you feel like you faltered, right? Or because you've forgotten your power. You just gotta consistently remember how great you are. Ooh, and the sun is at 20 degrees, Sag. In an old-fashioned northern village, men cut the ice of a frozen pond for use during the summer. The foresighted use of natural resources 
to supply future needs. Now, do you see why the other symbols were important? Right? At the close of this series of symbols, we again see a reference to the relationship between man and nature. Man's ingenuity and foresight make it possible for him to plan for the future in terms of his knowledge of the seasonal rhythm of cold and heat, and by implication of even larger cycles of change, quiet and relaxation may have to be sacrificed. Some hardships endured in order that another type of problem, which may involve survival through proper feeding, may be met at some later time. It stresses the value of actively planning for future need and a foresight based on the knowledge of cyclic processes. Keywords, assuring supply. It's important in this moment to remember the big picture because there's gonna be a moment, there's going to be many, many moments in the next year where it will be incredibly impossible to see past what's happening right in front of you because it's gonna be big, right? And now is the time to plan and begin to, in this sense, cut the ice of a frozen pond for use during the summer. <laughs> because there's gonna come a time where, although it's really fucking cold, it's gonna get really, really fucking hot. And you're gonna need to cool down. Use what you know of yourself to ground you, to center you in in what is possible for you and what you might need from yourself in the future. As I said before, you in this moment are not only meeting some need for yourself, but for so many people in your ancestry who, who never got to have this experience, you know? There was um, a post people were saying, your ancestors, and I think they were specifically talking about folks of the diaspora, even though I'm pretty, of the African diaspora, even though I'm sure many people of different cultures can relate to this for a variety of reasons. You know, your ancestors are happy that you're able to take a day off, right? Um, What does that mean for you to have built so much of your time and energy into resting and being able to honor what it is that you feel. It allows the possibility for your future generations to never have to compromise what they feel and what their body is telling them to exist in a system that works them like a fucking dog, you know? And it's that, it's really that powerful. I think this is bringing into awareness a, a marker point of the transformation that you've not only been able to make for yourself, but in terms of breaking generational cycles, you know, lots of the things that we experience are things, you know, the, the quote, you know, 
generational trauma is passed on over and over again until someone is willing to feel it you know and and this is a a point in which it's like you felt it and it doesn't have to be felt this way again okay whoo i think i want to take a quick break when i come back i want to read um something quickly from this book that you might have saw on my Instagram story um, when I picked I did um, I picked books for each sign I was at my great friend Nora's house um, and her Capricorn mother owned so many fucking books and so I jokingly was just taking pictures of the books in the house um, for each sign and the one for Sagittarius was the hero within six archetypes we live by by Carol Pearson um, I would recommend the book um, from what I've read so far. I'm just like, hell yeah. Um, but it talks a bit about the magician archetype. I want to end by um, talking, reading that, and then I have some announcements. And then I'll talk to you guys next week. Okay, welcome back. So for context... Um, the hero within um, the six archetypes include the innocent uh, the orphan the martyr the wanderer the warrior and the magician Um, Carol Pearson talks about how the warrior archetype throughout time has only been reserved for um men um especially white men um leaving everyone who does not fit into that category um outside of that archetype um and how the warrior um has not been reflected to all who are available to that archetype um but she talks about um the magician and how what it seems as if is mentioned given the fact that she mainly talks about this through the relationship between women and men um in the hero's journey and in um archetypes talks about what i saw um or i was able to identify as in this rise in the power of the divine feminine and how that has created a new archetype that is accessible to everybody which is the magician whereas the warrior um there are naturally um parameters and limitations around what it means to be a warrior um not in a bad way none of the archetypes are good or bad um but just listen. The innocent and the orphan set the stage. The innocent lives in the pre-fallen state of grace. The orphan confronts the reality of the fall. The next few stages are strategies for living in a fallen world. The wanderer begins the task of finding oneself apart from others. The warrior learns to fight, to defend oneself, and to change the world in one's own image and the martyr learns to give to commit and to sacrifice 
for others. The progression then is from suffering to self-definition to struggle to love. It was clear to me that the heroism or heroism of the wanderer is not defined by fighting. It is the very act of leaving an oppressive situation and going out alone to face the unknown. That is the wanderer's heroic act for men and women. Um, I'll then move on to talk to this one. I discovered that I discovered the emergence of an ancient archetype heretofore reserved for even fewer people than the warrior, and that now is being redefined as a mode of heroism available to everyone. In this mode, the hero is a magician or shaman. After learning to change one's environment by great discipline, will, and struggle, the magician learns to move with the energy of the universe and attract that which is needed by laws of synchronicity. So the ease of the magician's interaction with the universe seems like magic. Having learned to trust the self, the magician comes full circle and like the innocent, finds that it is safe to trust. The warrior's life, with its focus on power over other people and the earth, is lonely and ultimately tragic. We may complete our journeys, be rewarded by being made king or queen, but we will all know, we all know how that story goes on. We will, we know, lose power, be replaced by the new hero, and die. And our last moments on this earth will be marked by the least control over ourselves, other people, the future, and even our bodily functions at any time in life, except perhaps birth. At, and at it is the end of the story that traditionally determines whether the plot is comic or tragic. No wonder modern literature and philosophy are so despairing. But what if we simply shift our expectations a bit? What if the goal of life is not to prevail, but simply to learn? Then the end of the story can seem very different. And so can what happens in between birth and death. Heroism is redefined not only as moving mountains, but knowing mountains, being fully oneself and seeing without denial what is and being open to learning the lessons life offers us. Magicians view life as a gift. Our job here is to give our own gift and to engage fully with life and other people, letting in and receiving some gifts and of course, taking responsibility to decline others. Tragedy, in this view, is a loss of knowledge of who you are with the result that you do not contribute what you are here to do. I'm going to stop there. Thank you so much for listening this week. Um, If you are interested in booking, you can email me Um, All appointments that are booked in December, even if they're booked for another month, I will be willing to do them over the phone. 
via IG video. Anything that is booked January 1st on, I would like to spend time, well, dedicate my time to um, doing lots of different projects. Um, I still will be doing readings, however, they will be pre-recorded. So if you do want an opportunity to talk directly to me um, as we're doing our reading, please take advantage of that now. Again, like I said, you can also book in advance. I will make that promise to you. Um, You will have to pay a deposit though, because I would like to make sure that my time is not wasted. Um, January 8th at, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be hosting a webinar. So for those who know, last spring tour season I did a workshop blah 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 on the National Mall about Venus I'm bringing it back it will be a live webinar so that you guys will be able to ask questions it will also be recorded if you would like to purchase it afterwards I will also be offering two other webinars at the beginning of the year I'm going to post the link in my bio on Instagram, if you would like that, please DM me because the um, link is not yet live and I'll just start to make a list of people who I will contact when it is available. Um, it's going to be really fun. It's called Venus, Getting in Right Relationship with Yourself and Others. Um, And it is all about Venus in the chart. We're talking about the not so fun parts of Venus in your birth chart and how to work with Venus and working with difficult parts um, of that aspect of our birth chart. And it will deeply be it will be deeply connected to social justice, self-esteem, decolonization, unlearning, all of that good stuff. So if that is your thing and you want to participate in this, if you want to watch this webinar, let me know. Those other two webinars, they will be about Jupiter and Saturn, and they will be available at the beginning of next year. Yay! They're really good. They're so good. Not to like toot my own horn, but like, you know, toot toot. Um, They just, uh, I love just seeing inspiration in everything around me. And um, it is an opportunity to share some really dope information, some really cool predictions related to those two planets next year. If it's something that you guys like, I would definitely be happy to continue to do a couple of them. Again, those won't be live. Those will be ones that you'll be able to buy and watch maybe I'll do some sort of package deal or something like that if you want to buy both or if you just want to buy one let me know thank you thank you thank you thank you so much it has truly been a blessing to continue to do this podcast and to have so many people engaged in my work and so I am eternally grateful for every last one of you um and we will talk again probably at the beginning no definitely at the beginning of Capricorn season next week will be the Capricorn season episode because next week is Capricorn season isn't that crazy it's over already you guys um again thanks for listening talk to you next week bye